God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, we're, our theme for this year is uh, breaking the mold. Amen. Breaking the mold. Hallelujah. We, we are extraordinary men. You are an extraordinary man. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're, you're an extraordinary son of God. You are extraordinary. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Our purpose is to create opportunities for the men of heritage to come together, to connect, grow, get free, and go to the next level in life. Our attitude is this. We refuse to go back, give up, or plateau. We will rise and be the champions we were created to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Man, God is good. You can pass those out, Ryan. Hallelujah. You know, while, you, while, you're, while they're passing those out, I got, I got a couple of jokes for you. Uh, I got, got, a, got, a, got a couple of jokes. I, I don't know if they're funny or not, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I guess you, you, all, you all determine that. There was, a, there was a young missionary, and he was, you know, he was so excited about going to the mission field. And he, he, he's like, you know, God has called me to Venezuela, Venezuela and that's where, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a missionary for the rest of my life. And he, and he was excited about this journey. He had saved up money. He was single. He, you know, so he went down, and he, he was like, well, what do I do on my first day in Venezuela? You know, so he found a church. And, and the thing is, he was so zealous and everything, but he didn't know any, he didn't know Spanish. And, and so he's down there. He's like, here, I am in a missionary and, and in Venezuela, but I, I don't, I don't know Spanish. So he said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go to a church. So he goes to a church and, and the place was packed out and he, he gets on the front row and he's, and he, and that's the only seat that's there was the front row. And he's sitting next to this, this family and he's sitting there and, and he's like, well, I don't know really what's happening. I can't understand the songs, but you know what? This guy looks like he's been a part of the church for a while. I'm just going to follow what he does. And so, so, you know, there's music, the guy's clapping. So he looks and he goes, he's clapping. He's the guy raises his hand, so he raises his hand. And, and you know, it's, uh, you know the, the, the pastor gets up and speaks, and he doesn't even know what's being said. He's just, he's like, he hears people, you know, you know shouting. He, so he shouts, you know, he doesn't, no clue what's being said. He, you know, people stand up, and, and he, he can understand amen, but, you know, so that's about it. So he stands up, and he says amen, and they get to the end of the service, and there's the pastor is talking, and there's some announcements, and you know, different people stand up for different things, but that guy didn't stand up. And he said, well, I'm just going to do it the way this guy does. And so all of a sudden it's right at the end the the, the pastor, the pastor, you know, says something. He, he doesn't understand it. And, and, and the guy stands up. So, so he stands up and everyone gasps. And he sits. And, and then so they, they both sit down. The guy looks at him. Everyone's looking at him. And after the service, he walks out and the, and the, the pastor's you know, greeting people as they leave and, and, and the pastor knows English and he goes, well, oh, well, I gather you don't know English. And he goes, no, no, I don't. This is my, I'm a mission. He goes, he, he goes well, well, what did I stand up for? He goes, I, I, I just asked if the father of so-and-so could stand up. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it was a newborn baby. And so, so the, the, the new father of so-and-so stand up. And so he stood up. So they both looked and said, well, who's the father? Because <laughs> they both stood up. So I guess not. Maybe, maybe I'm not good at telling jokes, but anyway, there's, there's another one. There, there was another one. There was a, there, there was a guy named Herman and, and, and Herman, you know, he had just gotten a cell phone and he was a senior citizen and, and, and he was out driving and, and his, um, 
his, his wife calls him on, on the phone and, and he's driving and he answers the call and he says, he goes, honey, I'm watching the news and, and, and I'm telling you, there, there's a, I know you're headed this, you know, you're on this, going to be on the same road on the 401 and, and he goes, there's a, there, there's a guy driving down the wrong road, down the wrong way of the road, you know, going down the freeway. And he goes, yes, honey, there's not just one, there's a hundred of them and they're all coming towards me. <laughs> I got, I got one more, I got one more. There was a guy that there was a guy. He was getting interviewed, and and um, and he he had been he'd been really successful in business, and and uh, and so he, a younger guy was interviewing him, and he sat down with him, and he he asked him about you know about about work, about being successful, and and so he and he goes, why you know how do you become successful? And the guy says says two words, and he goes, well, what are the two words? He goes, right decisions. And he goes, well, how do you how how do you make how do you get to the place where you make right decisions? He goes, one word, experience. And he goes, well, how do you get experience? He goes, two words, wrong decisions. <laughs> so so he he realized that his success in life came because he learned experience through wrong decisions. And you know, and and as a pastor. Um, as leaders, leadership team is, is our heart is that you wouldn't, you wouldn't make some maybe mistakes we made. Or maybe you would learn from our experience. You know, and that's what really Next Level Men's is all about is, is, about, is, about, is about learning and growing in God. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to start just verse 1 here, and I'm going to read the Amplified. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and I beg of you in the view of all the mercies of God. I, love, I, I appeal to you. The King James says, I beseech you, meaning this, this is a, something of important value. There, there's something valuable about what I'm about to say to you. So he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and I beg of you in the view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies. I pulled out the amplified because I, that that word is I want to resonate throughout throughout our time together is that word decisive, De- decisive dedication, a decisive dedication of our bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, consecrated, and well pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. This, say decisive. You know, I, I could say of anything that weakness in my life, um, you know, through, through my walk with God and, and in life as being, being indecisive. You know, afraid to make a mistake, afraid to be, you know, not making a decision or, or not making a choice because I was afraid to make the wrong decision. Or the wrong choice, or or well, what would this person say if I make that decision? What what? And so, because I'm thinking about too many things, the fear of the fear of people, the fear of failure, the fear of different things, I'm not making a I'm not making a decision. But here he tells us, make a decisive dedication. 
Meaning, meaning, what is decisive? It's, it, it's, it's um, I think, like what Kenneth Copeland and Dr. Svelte talk about, a quality decision. Being decisive is, this is a quality decision. This is a decision that I'm not turning back from. This is the decision that I'm going for. I'm deci- this is, it's, it's, there's a confidence tied to decisiveness. It's, it's, this, is, this is what I'm choosing to do. This is the choice. This is the decision that I'm making. Make a decisive dedication of your bodies. And, and, you know, tonight the, for, um, you know, the title for tonight is, is, is I have decided. There's an, there's an old song that I, I think I sang in Sunday school. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided I can't sing, <laughs> but, but I have decided say that I have decided. You know, you see, we have to come to a place, if we're going to break the mold, we need to come to a place where we know how to make decisions in life. You, you see, you are where you are today because of the decisions that you made in your life, whether good or bad, right? You know, we, we all can say we made good decisions and we can say we made some bad decisions, right? And here, it's a decision... It's a decisive decision to present your body a living sacrifice. That's a decision you have to make. I can't make that for you. See, I, I've, I've made wrong decisions because I didn't present my body a living sacrifice. I let my body direct me instead of me direct my body because, because I wasn't decisive about my decisions. I wasn't decisive about my relationship with God. I wasn't decisive and I didn't make the right decisions concerning certain things in my life. You know, we have to be men that make decisions. In, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, you don't want to turn there. You know, it's a familiar verse to us. He says, I put before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life. So you you can either choose the blessing or you can choose the cursing. But you know what? A failure to make any choice is to choose the curse. A a failure to not make a choice is to choose death. There's no, you, you have to make, you have to come to a place where you make decisions. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. Decisive decision, decisive dedication of your bodies. It's a choice. Thank you, Father. Ephesians 4, verse 14. So then, we may no longer be children, tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. Hallelujah. King James says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Now here, he's talking about children. So children are what? Tossed to and fro. So, so if I'm indecisive or if I can't make, if I can't make decisions in life, what, what is the sign of is my lack of maturity. 
It calls me a, it calls me a child when I'm running after this and I'm running after that. I'm going after this and I'm going after that. I love God today. I love the world this day. It's this constant, you know, as men, we have to come to a place where we make a decision. This is how I'm going to live my life. The next verse goes on and says, rather, meaning so he's saying, saying, don't be like the children that are tossed to and fro, but instead, instead, let our lives lovingly express truth. Meaning if you look at my life, you're going to see truth. My life, the result of my life is going to be the truth that not just I know, but the truth I walk in. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love. Let us grow up in every way, in all things, into him who is the head, even Christ. So I'm not to be like a child tossed to and fro. Say, I'm not to be a child. But I'm to grow up. You see, see, we need to grow up in maturity. Next level men, this, this breaking the mold is about becoming mature. It, it's, about, it's about growing up. I wrote some things down here um, that, I, that I pulled from a, that got a, a book that, I, that, I'm, that we're going through called, I'm going through, it's called The Irresistible Husband and just pulling some things out of this. But maturity is not marked by age. You know, I know, I know some 14-year-olds that are more mature than some 60-year-olds. Having gray in, my, in my, my beard here is not a sign that I'm mature. Having gray hair on your head is not a sign that you're mature. Having money in the bank is not a, not a sign that you're mature. Now, you, you may have been born a male, but that doesn't make you a man. So, so, it, so it's not a question about, about what your gender is. It's a question, uh, I believe it comes down to two things. The first thing is, an aspect of maturity is, do you have the ability to accept responsibility? See, a, a lot of people, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like a lot, a lot of men that, that you, yeah, you, you might have money, but, but do you accept responsibility? What is, what is accepting responsibility? It's someone that doesn't make excuses. You know, I, I've, I've had to, this is just, these are things that, that I've had to walk through in my life and even, even monitor today because human nature doesn't like confrontation. Human nature, in, for a man, doesn't want to be wrong. <laughs> you know, you, you don't want your wife telling you what you should be doing. You, you, it is, you, you don't want, but yet the thing is, 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 is you also have to realize that you were brought together to make each other better. Her strengths for, for, for your weaknesses and her weakness for your strengths. So, so cause you're one, right? And, and, and she wants to be a better one, right? And so, and, and so a lot of times when things come up about in situations is, is when all of a sudden something, it may be, it may be a boss. I'm not just, not just referring to a wife. It could be just someone in your life. And they come to you with something about something that you may have done or you did or, or maybe they just think that you did it. Well, when they come to you, how do you respond in that situation? Normal, everyday man is, well, well, I didn't do that because of my dog ate the homework. 
You know, it's like, it's like, well, you know, it was, it was because so-and-so did that. It was, it was, it was because of this situation. Well, what, what, what it was, honey, because, um, you know what, um, I, I didn't, well, bottom line, you weren't listening. You, so we, may, we can make all sorts of excuses of why we're not doing it or why we didn't do it. But just we have to be honest and accept responsibility. You know what? I wasn't listening. I didn't write it down. I did, I'm just being real with you. Because there's times and, and, and the Lord will be like, did you tell the whole truth in that situation? Or did you just tell the truth that you thought she wanted to hear? Uh-oh. Come on. Come on or, you know, well, you didn't write, well... You know, well, you know, this is this is this is a while ago. Well, well, how much was it? Well, it was. Um, <laughs> well, it was like it was like a hundred dollars. Like what? Well, was it like a hundred and five dollars or was it like one hundred and ninety nine dollars? <laughs> you, you see, I, I mean, I just it just just maturity is is founded in in our ability to accept responsibility. It. it, it you know, can can we raise our hands and say, you know what, I, it was me, I, I did it, I did it. See, that that's the kind of person I want on my team. I don't I, I, I don't care necessarily care if you're perfect. I, I want I want someone that's going to say, yeah, that it was me, I, I did it. You know, I you know, and I, I'll do better next time. You know, it's being truthful and and nothing with responsibility does it does what it takes to get the job done. You know, we we're talking about Richard. When I first met Richard, and he was coming to church here, you know, and and I mean, I, I won't go all, all the way Richard was when I first met him 17 years ago, um, but, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind telling you later on. But <laughs> but but but, I, but there was something I, I admired about him is that when I met him, he was working three jobs, and I didn't know when that man slept. He worked a night job. He worked a day job. He worked he worked weekends. He, I mean, I was like, when do you sleep? He's <laughs> But you know what? He, he did what it took to get the job done. Yes, sir. Amen. That, that's, 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 that's taking responsibility. That's, that's maturity. Yeah, it's not blaming other people. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to sit back and just see what happens. No, it's making it. You know what? I've got to take responsibility for my life, my family, my children. Right. And the second aspect of maturity, and, this is, and it comes back to this. A maturity is you have the ability to make decisions. Not just the ability to make decisions, but you have the ability to make good decisions. Failure to make a decision is a decision to stay where you are and not change. Make the decision. Hallelujah. You see, decisions will determine your conduct. Your conduct ultimately determines your character, and your character and your conduct determine where you're headed. But it's all founded out of your decisions. When we fail to make mature decisions, that's what brings frustration to our life. I, you know, I was thinking about that, and, and um, a lot of times we like to blame the enemy on a lot of our stress. <laughs> but there's times where I've had a lot of stress, and I've had some crisis in my life that enemy didn't have nothing to do with it. Except maybe the suggestion. Or except maybe the opportunity. You know, um, in 1997, I got married. 21, 21 years ago, I got married, and week uh, a week before we got married, I had known this person for young lady for six months. We had initially set the wedding in uh, August, and 
And all of a sudden, we got this brilliant idea. Let's move it up. Let's move it up to May. And then as a week before the wedding, you know, all of a sudden, I just was uneasy about it. I was just like, something's not right. I had my, um, you know, one of my, one of my best men in the wedding, he came and knocked on my door at, at my apartment. And he came in and he, said, he was like, Justin, can I talk to you? And he goes, you know what? He goes, I, I can't stand up with you. I, I, because, you know, the Lord woke me up last night and he said, he said, the Lord came and, and, and said, I just really need, this isn't right. I had to call, you know, uh, call my mom up and it's like, well, mom, what do you think? What, what do you think? Well, it's, um, you know, even her and I are both, her and I are both talking to my, my mom and we're like, well, you know, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should wait. But yet, five days later, we were married. Lasted 10 months. And I'm not going to go into the situation, everything that happened. But the thing was, is in that 10 months, I was experiencing chaos in my heart. Chaos in my life. Chaos in every, chaos financially. Chaos in every way. And I, I could have said it was this, that, but bottom line, the, the Lord gave me warnings. The Lord had people speak to me. I even, even knew in my heart that this wasn't the right decision. But the bottom line is, the, the bottom line is, is I couldn't, I, did, I, I didn't want to make a decision that I knew I was supposed to make. And you, and you know, it, it's so odd because when you're in that moment, it's like, man, I've already spent $6,000. I've already spent the money, already had done this, and already had done that. And, but I look back as, because, man, I lost so much more than $6,000. I lost sleepless nights. I, 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 w- I was in thousands upon thousands of dollars of credit card debt. You know, I, I you know, and I'm not, just don't want to throw her, her under the bus. I mean, but there was credit cards that I didn't know I had. Thousands of dollars. So I ended up spending a lot more than 6000 All because, because of immaturity. All because I wasn't, I wasn't founded on something. I, I wasn't founded on, on I, I wasn't mature enough to make a good decision. I wasn't mature enough to be married yet. I wasn't, I wasn't mature. I, I was single for four, I was single for four years. And all of a sudden, this, this, this girl comes into my life. And, and what happened? I allowed, I allowed my flesh to dictate my life. Even though I, I, had, gone on, I had gone on, at that time, four different mission trips. In, in my heart, at that time, I had a, had, a, had a thriving relationship with God. But you know what? I didn't want to listen to God when it pertained to that. Because like, okay, God, you can direct me here, but I don't want you to direct me because I want that. I don't want to be alone. I don't want, she's a pretty girl. I don't, I, I want that. See, some of you are learning some new things about Pastor Justin now. You know, so, so it, it, but, but the bottom line is, is I couldn't, I wasn't mature to make a good decision. Thank you, Father. Poor decisions will ruin your destiny and frustrate the fulfillment of God's purpose in your life. You know, and because I didn't make a decision, I made a decision. 
Because day went, day went by, day went by, day went by. And all the time I'm thinking, okay, it'll all work out. God is good. God is good. God is good. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Woo! I'm the head and not the tail. Mm. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confessing scriptures. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confessing everything. But all the while, I know I'm out of the will of God. And, man, you know, I, think, I think about Abraham and, and here, you know, here he had a promise from God. He had a call upon his life. And, and, and you get to Genesis chapter 16 and he's saying, you know, man, I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of many nations. He walks in the door and Sarah's like, man, how about Hagar? Get with Hagar. No, he told him. He told him that this would come through Sarah. He told him it would come through Sarah. But because of his ability not to make a decision, he made a decision. And that decision brought about an Ishmael. Hallelujah. I was talking to Troy. He was telling us today about, about Ishmael. And then it says, once you have an Ishmael, the Ishmael will always try to kill your Isaac. And so just realizing, you know, we have to come to a place where we make good decisions. We, we are good decision makers. Hallelujah. Say, I have decided. I have decided. Hallelujah. Go to Matthew chapter 6. chapter 6. I was going to read this whole section here in 19 to 24, but let me just do verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for they either hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Before I go in and expound on this a little bit, I, just, just think about it this way. I couldn't make a right decision because I wasn't making the primary decision. What's the primary decision? Who's my master? You can't serve two masters. You're either going to love the one and hate the other. I was letting my flesh be my master. And because of that, I was choosing what my flesh wanted. Anytime, every time I, you know... <laughs> In, in, you know, in church serving God, you know, you know, and, 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 and battling pornography. I'm, I'm choosing my flesh, but we know why? Because I wasn't making a decisive decision that he is my master. My flesh isn't my master. The Lord is my master. When you don't make, you don't make that decision, it's, it's a default. When you don't make that decision, when you don't make the decision that he's your master, other things will be your master. You know, there's a statement in this book. It says, when you don't make, it, make decisions, your wife, by default, takes on the role of your mother. And this is for married people. When, when you don't make decisions in your family, 
your wife ends up becoming your mother. And you know what the bad thing about that is? You can't make love to your mother. And what, what's that all about? What is that when you can't make, you know, you don't make decision. What does that mean? It's the, the whole aspect of, 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 of not making decisions is you're a child. What do, what do parents do when, you know, I, you know, I have a, a, a 12 year old, you know what? There's some decisions he can't make on his own yet. He wants to, but there's some, there's some decisions he can't make. Why? I'm the parent. And, and so when you're, a, when you're a parent, what do you do in the early stages when they're, when they're one, two, three, four, they, they count on you for everything. So the thing is for maturity, a sign of maturity as a husband, as a, as a minister, as someone in the kingdom of God is I have the ability to make good decisions. I want, I want that. I want you to do you start thinking about that over your own self. I have the ability to make good decisions. Say that I have the ability to make good decisions. So the first basic decision that we need to make as pertains to manhood is to admit that we need God. Let's look. What is manhood? And manhood is Christ likeness. Manhood is Christ likeness. Thank you, Father. You can't serve two masters. When you don't make the choice, everything else suffers. You know, I've seen marriages destroyed because spouses couldn't be faithful. What, what does that mean? Is they couldn't make the decision to serve the right master. I've seen people lose jobs because they couldn't make Jesus Lord because they allowed their anger to be Lord. I've seen, I've seen marriages fail because the other spouse couldn't forgive the other one. What, what is it? That's a, that is a decision. It's a decision to make your anger Lord. It's a decision to make your unforgiveness Lord and not make Him Lord. So you have to make that decision. And you have to settle it in your heart. That he is first place. The root to all failure in every case is not making the decision that God's first place. When you don't make him first, you make, you make gods out of everything else. When you don't make God first, you make gods out of everything else. And man-made gods will always disgrace and shame us. Man made God. See, what happened is, is when that situation, in my, when I was 20 years old, or, or when I, in 1997, when I didn't make the right, right decision, is that disgraced me. That shamed me. You know, I had, I had people, that, clients that I had at that time that found out that, that knew that I was wanting to go into ministry. And they were like, well, now you can't go in ministry because you've been divorced. Well, the enemy wanted to shame me. Yeah. Disgrace me. That's what the enemy is. So when you don't make him Lord, what happens is it sets up the other things that are, you are making Lord to eventually disgrace you. Hallelujah. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. So you have to make a choice to make him first place. Make that quality decision. Hallelujah. And if you're married... It's not just making a decision to get married, but it's making a decision to stop living single. You know, you have to stop living single. It's a, I'm saying, well, I'm just going to get married. No, you have to stop living single because you have a wife now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 
I'm trying to find Luke here. Um, hallelujah. Luke 4. Luke 4. I want to close with this. Luke chapter 4, verse 3. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered and said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I just said a minute ago that manhood is equal to Christ-likeness. Here we're looking at Christ. How did, how did Christ respond? If, if manhood is Christ-likeness, the first thing we have to understand is who's our Lord. The second decision we have to make is realize that His Word is final authority in my life. The first decision is, 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 is admitting that you need Him, the Father. The second decision you need to make is that His Word is final authority. Here, what did Jesus say? Man does not live by bread alone. Meaning, the sustenance in my life doesn't come from natural things. Maturity isn't going to come from necessarily natural things. But your maturity is going to come from your ability to realize that His Word is final authority. And we, and we see here how the enemy went down through, you know, through, throughout this, this whole scenario here with Jesus. And he, and he tempts him with, with, if you just bow down to me, I'll give you all this. If you do that, if you just jump off, jump off this, you know, the angels, just, the angels will come and bear you up. So everything the enemy was trying to come against Jesus with was, was, to, was to tempt him in his flesh. But every aspect... Jesus had to come back with the Word. He had to come back with the Word. Because He knew the Word came from His Father. He had to make that decision, that quality decision, that I need Him and I need His Word. Because His Word is what's going to strengthen me. His Word is what's going to sustain me. Everything that Jesus dealt with in this aspect, we see... We can see in First John where it says, it talks about the, the things that tempt man, the lust of the eyes, the, uh, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. See, those things are, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. What, what are you going to let lead you? It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. So we have to make that decision. If we're going to be men of God, if we're going to step into manhood, which is Christ's likeness, we need to make the decision. That we need a father and we need his word every day of our lives. You know, in, in that book, um, The Irresistible Husband, I'll, I'll just say this. Because I, I believe it's, it's something that's important. It says that we all have, especially if you've been in church, we all have aspects of truth. But a lot of times, if you grew up in church... Let me say this. The downfall we have is if we are raised in church, we become church-wise. You have aspects of truth, but a lot of times it's coded with cynicism, doubt, pride, and you don't allow what you know to change you. So because of that, churchianity, churchianity is growing up in church, where Christianity is growing up in Christ. So a lot of times we have, we have churchianity, but not Christianity. Meaning I have ideas of truth, I have ideas that I know how to live, but, but has Christ, not has church changed you, but has Christ really come in 
and take authority over your life. But it's a choice. It's a choice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to go ahead and break up in, uh, break up in groups. So if I could have the different um, men, uh, leaders and, and how many we have? We have one, two, six. So let's try to break up in maybe, maybe four or five in each group. Let's see if that works. And uh, we have some qu- some questions that I, I want us to want us to talk about, and then and then we'll we'll pray at the end. Um, but just some of those questions is: What's a decision you've made, or what's happened as a result of not making a decision in the past that took you in the wrong direction? Another question is: What are some of the ways you can make better decisions, or what are some things that can keep us from making a decision? And third one is: What is the decision you're trying to make now, and what are you doing to help make that decision? And so just, just let's break up in our groups and, and let's, let's, let's just have a discussion and, and let, let's grow from one another. Let's, let's glean from one another. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you all having a good conversation? Let's go ahead and start to wrap up. Don't want to hold you too long this evening. And uh, let me go ahead and just get your attention. I, I know some of you might have been filling out the, um, the sheet there. Uh, number one was uh, maturity accepts responsibility. The other one under that was, has the ability to make good decisions. Uh, failure to make a decision is a de- decision to stay where you are and not change. When you don't make a decision, you're actually making a decision. And number four, most of the stress I experienced in my life wasn't, um, wasn't a result of the enemy. It was a result of poor decisions. So decisions, decisions, decisions. <laughs> You know, and uh, just hearing you, you talk and you, some of you telling the stories. Here, here's your Dave. I was, uh, some of the stories you're saying, you're, you're talking about some of the make, mistakes you made. One thing when you do make a mistake, realize that God can restore. God can restore. God, God can and, and, and he will restore. Amen. And, um, you know, so always focus on that. Don't ever stay in, in your, your bad mistake or your, your, the failure of it. Always get up and realize that he has a better plan. He has restoration on the other side of it. Because I look 21, you know, 21 years later, my life is in a whole different place. <laughs> so I'm a testimony that God restores. Amen. And so just the assignments for, uh, you know, between now and next month is, you know, make a decision. Uh, when will you have a word time? Where, uh, where are you serving within the church? What thrive group are you going to? Who will I bring to the men's meeting next month, which is March 1st? Also, uh, read Chapter 2, An Established Heart. If you didn't get one of those books last month, we have some in the kitchen. And also, if you're married, remember, uh, Valentine's Day is in 13 days. So, just I'm giving you warning. So, forget about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, just know that uh, just know we appreciate you all. We love you all. And I really believe that we're growing as men. And, and, and encourage you just to, just to make sure you invite someone, whether they're a part of the church or not a part. A lot of times, you know, people forget. We had, you know, a couple of people forgot about the volunteer banquet this past week. And they're like, oh, I forgot all about it. I was sitting home doing nothing and they just forgot about it. So, so you have people on your phone that men of the church, man, send them a text message and say, hey, don't forget about Next Level Men's. And um, just because we want to see this, this, this group grow. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. Do you enjoy tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for our time to, time to be together, that it was a time of growth. 
Thank you, Father, that all of us, Father, our, our desire is to be used greatly by you. Our, our desire is to, to, to go to the next level in our lives. And, and I just thank you for Christ-likeness to permeate every aspect of our lives, that we grow in Christ-likeness, that we grow up into Christ, who is the head of the church, Father. We thank you for it. Call them blessed tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great rest of the week. You want to stay around and talk. You're more welcome to. But other than that, I don't want to hold you too long.